Has he let you drive the Mustang? Oh, I've tried. I mean, I drove it around the pits and I asked him, when, when are you going to let me race that car? But he says, not yet. So I'll, I'll wait. So there's a chance then. That's what I get out of it. So I'm hoping. It's time for Class Racing Today, the podcast for the NHRA Class Racing fan. Welcome back to Class Racing Today. ClassRacingToday.com is our website where you can find out all the goings on uh, all over the social medias, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, Class Racing Today. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, uh, want to send us a note, or you want to join the show as a sponsor, uh, ClassRacingToday at gmail.com is our email address. Uh, we would love the conversation. So um, this episode brought to you by Midwest Class Racers. Uh, the group Brian's a part of, or uh, the, the the regional group that we have around here, um, and not working on his car secretly um, is Brian in studio. How are you? Ah, it's good to be back. Mm-hmm. Fun weekend. We didn't break too much stuff, and it was fun. Well, too much stuff in what uh, <clears throat> what category? Um, the car still runs. That's perfect. That's good. We're. Uh, Making strides to a better performance in Brainerd here in a few weeks. So now you were racing over the weekend. Yeah, uh, let's talk about that because we haven't we haven't had any conversations since you were there, and you did post on the social medias that you um, might have succeeded a little bit. Yeah, I finally. Uh, that was pretty cool. They did a gambler's race for the stock super stock. Uh, thanks to Midwest Class Racers for making that happen and filling the field. And I actually won. What? Yeah. The monkey is dead. <laughs> I thought he was going to follow me forever, but I don't know. Huh. I left left him in the zoo, I guess. Well, that's a shocker because you were very, uh, very much not sure. I didn't think it would ever happen. I was starting to just be like, I'm going to be one of the people that show up for a good time and never plan on winning. But... <laughs> I raced Jason DeForest in the final, and I beat him, and I maybe was a little teary-eyed coming back, but I was pretty excited. It was nice to finally know that I could win, and it was exciting. Um, the bad news is on Saturday, I still went three rounds, but uh, the curse is back. What curse? I raced Feist, third round, and guess who won the race on Saturday? Not you. No, him. <laughs> so... Much like last year where I predicted the winner of the race by losing to them like 14 <laughs> out of 20 times. I hope this is like a one-off incident. So congratulations, Ron. You beat my butt and I'll come back looking for you. It was it was a good race. It was fun. Is that a threat? No, it's a promise. Oh, perfect. Good. It's, it's all fun until you get to the line, right? <laughs> Speaking of line. Speaking of line, that was a segue right there. <laughs> We have a pretty awesome guest who comes from a, can we call it a dynasty of drag racing? Uh, sure. Like, we'll keep it simple. Like, how often do you go to a racetrack and you can talk to someone's dad, uncles, and grandparents all there participating in class racing? Not to mention, they won on Sunday. So, our guest today is Hannah Line. Drives a 1969 Camaro 396 in D-Stock Automatic. I believe got her first win in the stock car on Sunday. Is that right, Hannah? That is correct. How awesome was that? 
pretty cool. It's I still actually can't believe it. Did you say like, hey, was there a timing malfunction or did you go across the scale and weigh and be like, what if yours was too light? How bad would that be? I would have been absolutely devastated, <laughs> but I knew that I was good. So awesome. Well, no, thanks for coming on. It was kind of cool. Um, your family, like the whole presence of the line performance team and the group they pit is just awesome group of people. And it's just a, it's a privilege to have one of you come on and we're just really looking forward to kind of learning about your story and how you got started and all that fun stuff. Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate the opportunity. So we'll start basic, you know, like is your whole family going to the racetrack? How, what was it like growing up at the racetrack? Like, was there an option where you like, did you have to go with that or did you want to go? I wanted to, it was my favorite thing to do growing up and it's still one of my favorite things to do today. It's really special for me to spend weekends like that with my whole family. That is pretty cool. So when you're, you started, when did you start actually participating? I started when I was 10 years old and I had to beg to start then. He wasn't like, no, you should do it. Or you're like, no, you should stay out of racing. And he wanted me to just go straight to a bigger car, I think, but, uh, my dad anyways. Um, so I really enjoyed my junior years, but I can understand why waiting for a bigger car. I, it's way better in my opinion, but juniors were fun. You never had any, I loved them. You never had any desire to go into a big dragster? Oh, that's a touchy subject. I wanted to for a while, and my dad, I'm glad he didn't, like, let me, I guess. I'm, I love Stock Eliminator. It was always one of my favorite classes growing up, so I'm very happy to be racing in the class. That's, uh, yeah, you see a lot of people try to transition from that, but. I don't know. They don't seem like real cars to me. Maybe I'm just spoiled, but I never ran a junior either, so I can't really relate with that. But did you say how long did you run juniors then? From 10 to? Until I was 15, and then when I was 16, I started racing my dad's Monte Carlo and Street Trophy. What was that like? That was really fun. I won rookie of the year my first year and got third place in points, so I had a blast the whole year, win or lose. That's what we go for is to have fun. Cool. You remember your first time in like the big car going from the junior to the car? Were you nervous or was it a pretty easy transition? I was super nervous. I don't remember it a whole lot, but I know that I was nervous. It's, it's a huge transition going from a junior to a street car. Did you like dead heavy practice and doing the burnouts in front of the house or? <laughs> no, I skipped the water, just went straight to the line and I just, hoped for the best that's awesome what uh so how long did you run trophy then it was only about a year and then i raced my dad's wagon when he had that in O stock and the, the first time i raced that wagon he actually surprised me i thought i was bringing the monte carlo to earlville and i opened the trailer door and i saw the wagon and i my jaw dropped i could not believe it Do you remember much about that other than that? Like, do you remember like pulling up and anything about that day and the events? Well, I remember I won my first round ever in stock that race. I had TJ Deacon a first round and I think he's a pretty good racer. So 
it was cool to beat somebody that I've watched race for years and, you know, somebody that I've looked up to as a racer and respected. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't want to pull up next. Like, I don't know if I've ever actually been next to him in the lane, but I kind of like it that way. He's, I remember my, my first round, I believe it was, actually, I don't know exactly who it was because it was, uh, Bicklemeyer. And I pulled up and I was all nervous trying to figure out the lights because I'd very little practice ever seeing the lights and everything. And pulled up next to this Bicklemeyer guy and I'm really trying to figure out how to get my second stage light and take him time and getting in there. And then the, I'm pre-stage and I'm stage and I go to get on the two-step and I can't even hear my car anymore. Like he just whacks the throttle, just his motor screaming. I actually looked over like, what is happening? <laughs> and then I looked forward, my light was green. I just terrible light. And yeah, that was a, I can only imagine it, you know, and that's at 40, what, 41 years old. I was nervous and just kind of a crazy experience. I can only imagine as, I can't imagine as a 16 year old girl, but I can imagine as being a 16 year old, what it was like to actually sit there like, wow. That would be kind of a trip. Oh, yeah. What year was that? What what model was that wagon? Do you remember? Not off the top of my head. I can't really remember. Chevy? Yes. That uh, That's quite the way to start, though, at that age is to get right into stock. Did you run that car very often then or just a few times? I only ran it a few times until we finished building the Camaro because my dad and I built that car together. So once that was finished, I hopped into that car. How did the how did the Camaro come about? Was that your idea? Hey, I want a Camaro or did you look for the car or just kind of stumbled into it? Did you get it? Was it already built when you got it or? Nope. I actually grew up wanting a 1969 Mustang just like my dad has. And um, the Camaro, I'm can't remember how it came about, but I remember Ryan Hooter, Jared Hooter, Steve Hooter, my dad and I all went out to Kentucky and bought my car as a shell and a roll cage and Ryan's car completed from Thomas Arnett. And then we brought him home. Uh, my dad and I brought it straight to Lynn's um, shop in Cloquet and then we got started on it right away. Did you get to pick the pick out any of the stuff on it or was it just this is what we're doing and well, I didn't know a whole ton about building a race car. I I still don't. I mean, the experience was awesome. It was super fun, and it's something I'll be grateful for forever. I mean, spending that time with my dad was really, really fun. Um, but the color of the car was already picked out, and that I did want to change. And Lynn actually talked my dad out of letting me doing it, and I'm super happy he did because I couldn't imagine the car any other way. So here I thought you picked that color. Who? What color would you have picked then? Other than what it is now, I don't know. I mean, after I saw the color of it, I wanted to add some like a pink tint in it because my junior was pink. So I wanted to have a piece of that with me, but I'll always have a piece of it in my heart. So I'm love the pearl white on the car. So you, you did want a pearl white, then you actually did pick that color. After I saw the color, I did. Uh, yes, I fell in love with it. What was it going to be before that? That was the color that, well, they had started painting it. Oh, gotcha. They had part of the engine bay painted, but um, we had to do some more body work on it. So Lynn just, they completely repainted it. Well, it's definitely a beautiful car. It's one of my favorite at the track. The uh, Thank you. I think it runs good too. What do you run for a combination? You 396 on that? Yep, 325 horse. Cool. And that's obviously prepped by the best line performance. Yes. Yes, it is. 
has it been relatively low maintenance or have you had to do much to it or I did a little bit of damage on it last summer, but it's been good otherwise. Just routine maintenance. So how long is it how long have you been racing that car now? I started racing that car it was twenty sixteen. Um, I raced it at the divisional in Brainerd, but I was too young to race the nationals. So I was 17 when I was started racing the Camaro. Okay, so you got what, four years in there then? I think it's four, four, three or four full seasons. Cool. And then do you run? This like, will be four. You run, what do you run for a transmission? Do you know what that is? Met, like a metric 200 or three speed? It's a turbo 400. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do, does your family do that or do you have somebody do your transmissions? My grandpa does them. So it's very convenient to have a dad who does engines and a grandpa who does the transmissions. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is kind of handy. Very. That's uh, I always get a kick out of that when you get there though. And so it's Lawrence and Maxine, right? Or your grandparents? Correct. And then yep. Marlene is Maxine's twin sister. And they have the exact same car. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, they're actually, they're really deadly too. Like, what was it like just to have, do they help you much or like give you tips or are you just out there? Is it everybody for themselves once you guys pull up next to each other? I think it's everybody for themselves, but they've always been role models to me growing up. Yeah, I'd be like, I don't know if my uh, grandma would let me be- beat her or not. And I, I know yours wouldn't. No, she would not take it easy on me. <laughs> what about your uncle? Has he ever cut you an easy one, or have you raced him? Um, I've raced all of my uncles, actually. I've raced Johnny, Jason, and Ben, and I have beat all three of them. I think I've beat Ben. I can't remember. <laughs> so if you're pull- I've raced him quite a few times. If you're pulling up next to one at the and that, your first national event in the final, who do you want to race? They're all tough. They really are. Um, you can't pick them all. You got to pick one of your uncles. Which one do you want to race for the final? I'll I'll give Jason a run for the national win. <laughs> awesome. Well, hopefully he comes back. It'd be fun to see him there. Yeah, I would love to. What uh, as far as like other so growing up in the race car and being at the track all the time, like. Did you have friends that were into racing or not into racing or how did that all, what was it like being the girl that just wanted to go to the racetrack all the time? And Well, my classmates thought, I think they thought I was weird. I mean, I've, I've had a love for cars since I was a little girl and you don't really, that wasn't normal to see, I guess. So I did my own thing and I had some friends that supported it and some friends that just kind of like, she drives cars like for fun. Did they ever come watch or see like, holy cow, what are you doing? Or No, none of them would come watch, but I, you know, they would see videos and stuff and they would kind of come around and be, oh, that's cool. And then they would kind of want to learn a little bit more about it. You probably had more luck finding a boyfriend that wanted to come drive your car growing up. <laughs> boyfriend. <laughs> I've got one now, but I, I didn't growing up. My dad wouldn't let me date till I was older. Well, that's a good dad. Like you can't fault him like yeah. that. No, no, he's got a, he's protective of his girl and I understand. Huh. So the one you have now, would you let him drive your car? Absolutely not. 
My dad's the only person that can drive that car. He's the only one that's ever drove it. Yep. And he's the only one that can. That's pretty cool. Does he screw it up for you? I hope not. Like, do you have the way you want everything set and set up? And does he get in there and change anything? Or doesn't that you call the shots inside how everything is set up? No, we, we work together as a team. We, you know, he makes suggestions and I kind of go from there because I know that he knows best. So. Has he let you drive? I, guess, mu- has I he guess. Le- has he let you drive the Mustang? Oh, I've tried. I mean, I drove it around the pits and I asked him when, when are you going to let me race that car? But he says not yet. So I'll, I'll wait. So there's a chance then. That's what I get out of it. So I'm hoping. That's good. So race this weekend, Sunday, that was your first base. You won, you won, in, you won in street trophy, but this is basically your first stock win. Like, yeah. how do you, do you prepare? Like, are you doing, do you practice on the tree or what's your off season look like? Are you, what are you doing to try to get to be better? I do have a practice tree. I had the Jugs one on my phone, but I actually don't know the proper rollout. So my, it doesn't seem right. Um, I've got the practice tree here at my apartment. I actually didn't use it before this race, but I do try to use it on the off season as much as possible. Well, and from the sounds of it, you had some pretty killer reaction times. So I don't know how much more practice you need, but the uh, from the sounds of it, you were pretty much double O or low teens all weekend, weren't you? I had one thirty six or a thirty six light, not a one thirty six light. A 36 light in the second round, and that was my worst light in competition for the weekend. Ouch. So I'm, pre- I'm pretty proud of that. I would say, so your average is super low then. That's crazy. What, uh, as far as help on the car, do you have, like, sponsors or anybody you want to thank for that? Um, My dad, of course. He is a tremendous help with racing. I wouldn't be doing it if it weren't for him. And I could not be more grateful for every opportunity he's ever given me. And of course his name is on the front fender. Um, Lynn, when, you know, unfortunately he passed away back in May, but he painted the car. He did the, um, the work on the car and everything. And we could not have asked for somebody better to do all the stuff to prepare the car for me to race. Um, I have Jameson equipment on board. They are my contingency sponsor. So thank you to John Jameson. Um, and then headers by Ben, my uncle Ben. So I'd like to thank all of them and my family for supporting everything that I do. What's next for Hannah Lyon? Like what's your next big target you want to get? I would like to win a national event, but they're getting harder to get into. I'm, I'm not actually not even in for Brainerd this year. Uh, that would be something I'd like to knock off my bucket list for racing, but, um, I'd like to go to a bigger money race and win one of them. I think that'd be fun competition and a fun event just to go to. So as somebody that kind of grew up like stock limited racing and being, being around the NHRA, like you have a lot more experience in this world than what I do, but I'm just curious, like what are your thoughts on where do you see things going as far as the racing program? Like, do you think, how do we get more young people involved? Do you see yourself doing more like association, big money stuff or, trying to go more after like the Wallies and that kind of thing. I like how um, Tyler Bohannon has his races and how Jason and Bo have their races, like the money races, but specific to stock and super stock. 
Um, I think that those are really going to take off and I think that we should support those as much as possible. Um, the national events, I just, they don't pay out that much. I mean, I know we're not in it for the money, but we should get something, at least our entry fee back at the end of it. So I'm, I'm more towards the money races for stock, super stock personally. You know, we're, we're just so fortunate here where we're at with Midwest class racers being here. Like it's just, I think we're a little, I'm starting to realize how sheltered we are to have the opportunities we have and what we're racing and the group that we have. And I mean, just a solid group of racers. But when you look at some of the lights and some of the, some of the races that were going on this weekend, like it's, it's really tough competition too. Like I would argue that our race this weekend was just as tough as any national event anywhere in the country. Absolutely. We've got some tough competition up here, especially the Midwest class racers association. Um, it was, I, from what I saw all weekend, it was great racing at Brainerd. Yeah. And the, did you make it down to, did you go to any of the big money races? Nope. This is only my second race for the year. Rock Falls was my first a couple weeks ago. Okay. Have you, do you get any inside information for that on us? No, not really. You haven't heard of anything in the works? <laughs> no. Um, just a few more races at Brainerd and that's about, about it. Uh, Earlville. You need to be like, uh, Hoping. you need to get into your uncle's ear and see like, Hey, are we going to do another big money race down in Georgia or. Yeah, that'd be nice. I'd love to get out there with my car. Yeah, that was, that was neat. I wish I would have went to that one now. Um, St. Louis is fun, but I just think, you know, the environment we had there with people from all over the country was similar to what we do in our Midwest class racers. Like it was a similar, the energy was, I mean, there was obviously more money, so that was exciting, but it was just like a big family reunion. And I think that was really neat. And I think that's kind of what you lose in the NRH or NHRA side of things. You just lose some of that. I don't know. It's just fun. Like you're welcome. You pull up and everybody's just happy to see everybody. And that's what's really cool about it. That's the nice thing about the stock super stock. We're all like a big family. Yeah, absolutely. What, uh, now we're going to get a little deeper. How do we get more young people to get into this thing? Well, getting them out of those, like the super comp cars. I mean, most people want to stay in a, they go from a junior to a bigger dragster. And I think promoting the sport and, you know, showing that stock super stock is a competitive, fun and welcoming category that more people would maybe be drawn to it and give it a try. And, um, like I heard in a couple other episodes that, um, expense can be a big thing, you know, build a, a cheaper stock just to start out with, you know, uh, work your way up. Anything is possible, you know? Yeah, that's, uh, it's interesting how the expense part seems to me, well, that's what everybody goes to. Well, I can't raise stock. It's too expensive or, oh, what those cars cost. It's, it's crazy. And, you know, there's obviously some combos that get a little more extravagant than others but you know uh well look there's that monte carlo front wheel drive there this weekend i mean there's some of those budget cars that they're still really consistent and they do go rounds and they do really good i mean it's you don't have to start in a, a stock automatic car to be competitive well you just got to find what works for you and then go from there and it's also hard to beat that you can go out and you know race for two grand a race instead of what do you do and like the box no box and typical gambler stuff you're racing for what six hundred dollars i mean 
go six, eight rounds for 600 or, you know, go six for 2000. It's, it makes sense to, for me to go to the stock side of things. Absolutely. You couldn't ask for better people when it comes to the racing community. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any dreams or anything of going to super stock ever? Not really. I like where I'm at right now. Just kind of sticking to the stock eliminator side with my family. That's really what I enjoy. Have you, yeah. Cause as your dad, has he always raced stock? Has he ever done super stock or any of the other uncles? I don't know that my dad has done super stock. Um, I think Johnny's probably raced Stephanie's car in super stock. And I believe Jason's done super stock. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. There's something about just the stock class. I, I debate switching, but I don't know. I just feel like I'm driving a real car now and it feels like a real car. And it's, you know, you see him driving around and it's even like your 69 Camaro. Like that's just not that you would see a pearl white in 1969, but it's just cool to see him driving like yours and Ryan Hooters are still two of my favorite cars. Anytime I go to the track, like how do you just, you know, you cut them out and tub them out. I just, I think you lose a little bit of that. No offense to my counter host or co-host who <laughs> like super stock, but I don't know. I guess I'm just a purist. Yeah. What, uh, the other question we always ask is if there was one rule change you would see, what would you like to see different? I guess I've never really thought about that. Um, that's kind of a tough question. No ideas? Not off the top of my head. You kind of caught me off guard with that one. Well, I had to save something to get you caught off guard. <laughs> You've succeeded. <laughs> Awesome. The, uh, how about like the whole 60 cars coming to a national event? Like that's an easy one, Hannah. Come on. You just told me you were trying to get in. All right. Well, that one, that's kind of a no brainer though. I mean, to have more cars, you get more money coming in. I, I don't know what they're thinking. Well, I know if I, uh, if I had a line performance motor in my car, I wouldn't be afraid to try to qualify to make the field. And that's, that's what I always say is at least let, let more cars in and let, let them qualify. You know, if you're only going to take 60, let 80 try and take the top 60 qualifiers. I mean, that's, uh, obviously combos like mine, the been hammered or a little bit slower side, we're in trouble, but you know, there's a lot of cars this weekend that, I mean, you look at Cavisto and man's, I mean, there's some really fast stuff out there and it would be fun to watch them battle it out to make the field. Well, that, and then you've already got all those cars there for the divisional the weekend before. Yeah, that, that seems crazy. I don't know why they limit it like they do, but it's, uh, I don't know. Our job, our goal is to try to change it, but we need more listeners to our podcast before we can make a rally cry, I guess. So did you say you haul your car to the race? Yep, I do. I have since I started racing a bigger car. Do you find yourself, do you go on your own or do you always go with family? We usually try to travel together just in case anything ever were to happen or you run into an emergency. How does that uh, play out? Do you lead the way or do you make, is your, like, does everything get prepped and you have all the cars and everything loaded the day before or is it a big team event to get everything loaded up and packed? And Well, a lot of stuff doesn't come out of the trailer. 
uh, usually just the cars and that's about it. So it doesn't take too long to load them and get them tied down and ready to go and hook up the trucks and you're basically set. But usually we try to get that done before we leave, you know, a couple hours or maybe the day before if we've got time. And then I always think the worst thing is like getting packed is one thing, but once you get to the track, trying to find your parking spots, like and figure out where everybody's going to pull in. That's probably the most stressful part of your guys' group. Usually try to find a bigger area. There's quite a few of us. Have your own line parking block. Well, that's, uh, that was pretty cool. I just got, want to congratulate you for your win this weekend. And it's, uh, it's really cool to see a family that's had that much success. And that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. Do you think, uh, did the whole 2020 help or hinder your racing program or prep? Well, it gave me some more seat time, which is always a good thing to have. So, um, I didn't really lose a whole lot, um, racing wise last year. Uh, of course the nationals, I was pretty bummed about that. And then not getting in this year, bummed about that, but, um, no big deal. Uh, the national year before that 2019, the nationals was good to me. So I'm totally fine. If that is the last national event that I ever run. Cause you went what three rounds that year. Was that 2019 at Brainerd? Yep. I got down to four cars and I, I got to race on Sunday, which was crazy. I got to, you know, drive down the track in front of that many people race the same day as Jason. That was, it was something. Yeah. That's going to be pretty cool to have a pro driver cheering you on when you're going down the track. It's something I'll cherish forever for sure. Yeah. That's uh do you remember like what it was like the first time you went to the Nat? Because it was that your first Nat. You've been done national events before then. Yep. That was, I want to say my second or third year. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, it was super fun though. I mean, national events in general were fun, but getting to go that many rounds and I got to beat Tyler Wadurzik, which is, I'm pretty proud of that too. Um, I won head with heads up first round against Tracy Fairchild at race. That was pretty cool to do too at a national event. So a couple cool things happened in that milestone. Did you run D at that one? I did. Have you moved up and down classes much or just kind of always stuck right at D? Kind of just stuck with D. Yeah, what do you, you got any secrets for how you prepare for your heads up? No, I'm, I kind of got a little bit, I'm a little bit slower right now. So I just go up there and hope for the best, cut a light, give them a run for the money, I guess. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Lance has a few little tweaks he probably does before we go on there, but you guys aren't going to share any of the, <laughs> any of the Can't real give away all your secrets. <laughs> yeah, come on, just a couple. What uh, what was it like going into that heads up? Like, do you remember much about that, or were you nervous? Or that's so hard though, because they're Fairchilds are just really awesome people. Like, I don't know if that would be stressful or not. Well, from class the day before, I honestly didn't expect it to go the way it did. did they beat you pretty good before, or what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's another one of those. That's probably one of the funnest things about going to Brainerd is running into those guys. They're always so upbeat and positive, but that's uh, 
I had to laugh. That's kind of the whole group, though. I had a this weekend when I was there. Had to raise one of my good friends, and they're like, "Oh, you gonna beat him?" I'm like, "Yeah, either way, it'll be fun." You know, like, don't you want to win? I'm like, "Yeah, but I want everybody here to win." Like, there's nobody that you just, yeah, I don't like them, and I want to beat him. You know, and that's that's what's cool about it too. Absolutely. What? Uh, I think I'm running out of questions. What else do you have? You said you were taking notes. You got anything you want? Everybody you want to thank, or what else did you want to talk about? Oh, I just wanted to thank my dad for all that he does for for me and for everybody else that races in our group. I mean, he puts in a lot of work at the racetrack, and my grandparents. I love being able to race with them. It's so much fun, and I'm I'm blessed to be able to race with my whole family. Uh, I can't wait till we're all back out there again. You know, um, everybody gets. It's home, uh, race together. You know, we actually last year at Rock Falls was the first time that my whole family had raced together other than a national event, I believe. So with your family, how is there a line that doesn't race or do you have any other siblings or is there, is it an option to not race when your last name's line? <laughs> I have an older sister, but she didn't have any interest in racing. Um, I'm hoping that some of Ben's kids will be interested in racing. I know Sophia is getting into a car pretty soon. Uh, I believe Jack's going to be getting into a car relatively soon once he's old enough. Um, I know some of Ben's kids want to get into a car. So there'll be quite a few of us stepping into cars in the next few years. So the question some of us uh, class Dodgers want to know, is Ben's car going to be going for Brainerd? I guess I'm not sure on that one. I sure hope so. I'd love to see him get another another win. I've met, I've missed having him at the racetrack. It's definitely not the same when your whole crew isn't there. Yeah, that's uh, that's got to be weird. I, because that was what in the the your uncle's races where he had motor issues, wasn't it? Is he, he hasn't raced since. He went to Earlville, and then that was the last time that he'd raced was the. Uh, I believe it's the Heartland race there. Okay. Well, that's, uh, I hope he's back. He's, uh, always pretty solid in everything. And it's just, uh, it's good competition. Like I said, you come from a, you got kind of a dynasty going there. I didn't know if it was even an option. You just get race cars when you're born and that's how it is. Where's your next race going to be then? I will be at Brainerd in two weeks for the bracket race there. Cool. Then you'll be at the divisional then after that? Yes. Awesome. Well, I know uh, I appreciate your time coming on, and it's uh, it's uh, really neat to see you get your first win. I hope, uh, I hope I can do one of myself here sometime in the next two to three years of getting an actual win. <laughs> but we'll start with the gambler's race. That's a good start. And just Absolutely. Thanks for coming on, and I appreciate your time, and once again, congratulations and keep being a, a good role model too. I know there's a lot of kids there where, that look up to you and it's really cool to have the personality you do and the team that you guys have and carry with and you guys are really, really good role models. So I appreciate everything you guys do for the sport and coming on the show. Well, thank you and thank you guys for having me. I appreciate that you guys have this podcast to kind of reach out to other people and spread the word of stock and super stock racing so it's it's great and is there any place that uh people can follow you along the social medias uh do you share that information out there do you stay up to date 
Anyway, any way people can oh. follow you. Yeah, I do run the Line Performance Racing Facebook page, and then I do have a um, Facebook page specifically for my racing other than my personal page. So um, I haven't been up to date with that, but I'm hoping to kind of get back on track with my social media. So mm -hmm. um, like I said, I've got the Facebook. There is an Instagram that I, I don't really use it, but I'm hoping to get back into that. Um, that's also Line Performance Racing. So I've got those if anybody's interested in those. Perfect. Well, we appreciate your time very much. Hannah Line, thanks so much. Uh, Brian, this is uh, one of the few times we won't have Bobby. He's actually prepping to race uh, in New Media currently. As we speak, I think he's headed that way, right? Yeah, I think he is actually on the way there. What yes. they start tomorrow? Uh, it's 21 to 25 is what it looks like. So stuff starts tonight. I wonder if we uh, should start a pool on Ooh. how many rounds he goes <laughs> i think you know if we just get him in a chevy you know he'd go more rounds you think so <laughs> i can't it's not even fun to bash for it's when he's not on like i have all kinds of uh short jokes and stuff and i can't use any of them i like, really miss him that's nice that's lovely come back bobby so we can beat you up or sorry so brian can beat you up <laughs> my bad classracingtoday.com there's a website uh, thanks again to Midwest Class Racers. Thank you, Hannah, for sitting down with us, giving us a little insight into who you are and how you got into this sport. Um, Bobby's driving. He's actually driving. He's, he's just, yes, yes. Classracingtoday at gmail.com. Uh, if you want a shirt, a sticker, you can contact us there and uh, get that shipped out to you. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Don't forget to... Uh, Keep the wheels on the ground unless you're like Brian and the front ones can come up every now and then. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much. See you later.